man waiting for a cab on a taxi rank England just lost the semi-finals so tonight ain't all that Chatting shit in the back whilst I eat my kebab The whole night I've been avoiding getting into a scrap Because some people take it way too seriously It's kicking off between these two guys near to me But before I can flee the scene They both turn around for some reason they start on me I got knocked out, I got knocked out I got knocked out the same night England did I got knocked out, I got knocked out Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Fantasy Football Podcast, where I am going to break it down like this. I don't, I don't know if it, how many of you guys listened last week. I can look it up, but I'm not worried about it. What I'll do is I'm going to review the games from last week first, then I'll do my power rankings, and then I'll preview next week's games, and then I'll do a little betting segment. And, you know, I, I promise you him last time, he couldn't. He was in Denver. But Trevor Anderson joins me in this podcast. Um, I'm excited for that. I didn't, you know, I, I told him to pick a random subject. I'll talk about literally whatever he picks. It's his thing. It's his show. Not a big fan of the subject he chose, but you know, I can't. Uh, you know, he he agreed to jump on here with me. I can't really nitpick what he wants to talk about. But that is how this is going to break down weekly. Usually, Trevor, I'll record this on usually. Without a Tuesday night game, I'll record this on a Tuesday after the Monday night games. Trevor might jump with me Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll get it out to you Thursday before the football games. There is no Thursday night football, so I'm not rushing this. It'll probably come out on Thursday or maybe even Friday. I'm not sure. And then uh, Jonathan Jaggy promised to hop on with me and talk a, a random subject. If any of you guys want to hop on here and talk fantasy, I would love a co-host or somebody else to just get in here and uh, make some jokes, make this a little funnier and less informational. But, uh, okay, I guess let's just jump right into uh, last week's results. Where we had the game of the week, I'd say. Where teammate defeated Mikey, I can't remember his last names, and more Redskins. Not Michael Cornbrath, Mikey, uh, the dude that wore the Redskins shirt every day. I think that's what the joke was. I can't remember. Um, so, okay, anyway, Garrett defeats Cochran 110.9 to 103.3. That's right, 2.6 points is all that separated these two teams. I, I could do a whole I could I could go 30 minutes on the absurdity that the Ravens defense outscored the Chiefs defense by 30 points. And that's the the margin of victory here. I mean, the Ravens defense outscored every player on Garrett's own team by 10 points. Adam Thielen, who had the following stat line. Nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns did not outscore the Ravens defense. It, it's literally when a defense does this, Michael knows, he rode the Patriots defense last year to the title game. When a defense does this there, I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to lose a game when you get 25 points from your defense. So I'd be uh, cursing about that if I was Cochran. Um, you know, other than that, there, I'll, I'll get into the micro when I go through the power rankings. I actually have a 1 through 10 power ranking set up this time as opposed to the tiers I did uh, last time with you guys. So I'll get into each and every team in a little more detail when I do that. The second best game we had actually came down to uh, – oh, no, it didn't. I'm sorry. The second best game we had was Trevor Anderson and the two Husky first and Dusky. Um, they get their first one of the season with a 3.7 point win. Over the 2016 Cleveland Browns and Tyler Friend. That knocks them both at 1-4. and four. 
tied for a playoff spot in their division. We'll get into that here when I do the uh, look ahead to next weekend, the power rankings. <sighs> Just uh, some confusing plays on Trevor's part, but he got the win, so I can't really nitpick him too hard. Um, okay, next we had the second, the, another close game. We had um, the Sunny. This game actually down to Tuesday night. The Sunnyvale Shithawks and Sean Long defeated the post sex sandwich makers and Ali Walker, one twelve to one hundred seven point four. Um, it came down to Devin, Devin Singletary not being in the drive for the in the game for the last drive of the of the Tuesday night game. Um, not dead in Singletary, but TJ Yeldon, I think, ripped off like a 40-yard run that I don't think it would have given her the game, but it would have made this a lot closer. Um, Allie falls to two and three and is in fifth place, last place, with Cornbrath in um, the better division, let's be let's be frank. And Sean moves to four and one, tying him for first place in the division um, that, that I just spoke of with Allie, Corn, me, and Stallman. Which brings us to Cochran's or Cormath's team, the disappointments who get the win over the Mustard Tigers and Tyler Blasco, dropping Blasco to one and four, improving Corn to two and three, tied for last place in his division. Though, um, you you had some disappointing performances here. Zach Ertz gets um score one point. Deontay Johnson gets Corn less than half a point. Um. The defenses combined, if you put the two defenses that played together, zero points overall. Just, uh, you know, both kickers got three points. Just a close, um, kind of weird game. I'll get into the teams, like I said, here in a little bit. Um, but somehow at 1-4, Blasco still has a playoff spot right now. It's just remarkable stuff, that division. And then the, you know, I think the most impressive performance of the week is I defeated Stallman, who was previously undefeated by more than 20 points, improving me to 3-2 and two in third place in just a game behind Stallman and Sean for first place. Um, you know, our tight ends sucked for both of us. You know, if, if he had played his other tight end, it wouldn't have been a win for him, but it would have been a lot closer. It would have made me sweat a little bit more. Um, and then, yeah, okay. We'll get into details about each team here in a second. That wraps up my pre uh, my recap of last week's games. Give me a minute here, and then I'll jump into um, my power rankings. And I'll see you guys in one more second. I need something to drink. My throat is on fire. Smoked way too many cigarettes last night. Okay, I don't know how that transition played, but uh, whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. This is a free app. Like I can't really complain. Okay, do the power rankings route. Um, and we'll start. So really, they're the the bottom four are easy. It just depends on what order you want to put them on, put them in. We're going to start with the second lowest scoring team. So I'm sorry, the third lowest scoring team. The two Husky first and Duskies, Trevor Anderson. You made the bottom of the list. Uh, you know, mainly because you keep. You have guys like AJ Green on your roster. You got you got guys like Tim Patrick and Nicole Hartman on your roster. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard. Does he have a point this year in fantasy? Yeah, you played the first two weeks of the season and has a combined eleven points. You just don't have you know 
Daryl Henderson is in a committee at running back. Joe Mixon's fine. You know, he's the 11th best running back, but I don't, you know. You had, you had decent receivers. I really like Robert Woods. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a superstar. Make no mistake about it. Um, I just, you know, Melvin Gordon just got DUI. He's he's going to miss some time. Just, uh, you know, there's not much here. There's not much here to project going forward. McCaffrey's not coming back anytime soon. It'll be at least a couple more weeks till he's back. Even then, if you know, I mean, technically you're still tied for a playoff spot, but I just don't see it with this team going forward. And that's why Trevor makes the bottom of my list. Now to the lowest. I'm sorry, still not the lowest scoring team. Tyler Blasco, who, uh, listen, here, here, here's the issue. Your running backs love Zeke. And Mike Davis, while he's still playing for Carolina, is a top 10 running back. He's ninth overall in the league right now. You have the number three running back, the number nine running back, the number five quarterback, and a number five receiver. And Amari Cooper's number 13 receiver. That's going to change, though, with um, the injury to Dak Prescott. They're going to not be able to throw the ball nearly as much, which might hurt CeeDee Lamb, who's the 12th best receiver, but on your bench. Um, but there's not much outside that. Leonard Fournette. You know, what are you going to do in Zeke's bye week? You're going to play Leonard Fournette and Mike Mike Davis, who's been fine. You have Tony Pollard, who is the best, one of the best um, handcuffs. We're learning more and more about handcuffs, especially this season with all these injuries. Just uh, there's not there's not much here. I'm not too excited about um, future projections. Like T.Y. Hilton's a starting receiver for you, right? You have him in your flex spot this week. T.Y.'s never scored more than nine point nine points in a game this season. And you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just not a good situation to be in. You're kind, of, you're, you're top heavy. You're fine at the top. Zeke, Tyreek Hill, and while Mike Davis is a starter, those are those are three good players. And Amari Cooper or Ceedee Lamb, one of them will have a good week. The issue is like predicting who's going to have the week when. You know, none of their psychic. Leonard Fournette's probably the running back I would win it own in Tampa Bay like he's my favorite of those running backs but I don't know it just Ronald Jones played pretty well it's just a messy situation overall so Sko slots in at nine the lowest scoring team in our league who is also though two and three Allie Walker slots in at number uh number eight on my list she just lost act for the year um DeAndre Hopkins is Always and always will be one of the best receivers in football. Miles Sanders has surprised me. I was very low on him going into the year. He's done okay. Devin Singletary is in a timeshare, and honestly, just he's just not going to be a weekly starter in a, a format like ours. Um, your spot starting like a Russell Gage because Julio's out. I understand that. Um, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in football. That's a good. That's a good starter for you, but. Mark Ingram, another one of these running backs in these committees that aren't going to be able to produce. He's the 37th best running back in fantasy. The most points Mark Ingram has gotten you in a week. I mean, he's got you 14 once, nine carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. It's it's just if he's going to score a touchdown, he's going to get you above 10 points. That's the only way, though. He's not catching the ball. He's not breaking off long runs. Your bench is, you know, you're going to have to. You're going to have to do some. 
movement here. Carry on Johnson and Adrian Peterson. I mean, I guess it's good that you own the Detroit backfield, but like the problem is you own the Detroit backfield is a bad backfield. Golden Tate when healthy is fine, maybe as a fourth receiver, fifth receiver in your team. Landry's, you know, the 36th best receiver in fantasy. Just, uh, just, you know, you got to take some dart throws at some of these free agents and hope one hits. Not very hopeful for her going forward. And then Tyler Friend is uh, seventh on my list. And while he – actually, I take that back. He scored the least points for. He only has 494. I keep saying this. It's injuries. Like, Deshaun Watson is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Derrick Henry is a top 12. Devontae Freeman just got you, what, last week 15? And since he signed with the Giants, he's put up 10, 8, and 15. No, I'm sorry. Since he signed with the Giants, he's put up 9 and 15 points. His star is going up, trending up. Um, you know, you know, his running back spot is a little weak. Like, uh, you know, he's got Henry and Freeman, who I like. Is a one-two. That's a fine running back one and two. But then you, what? Zach Moss, J.K. the Buffalo running back in the committee I talked about earlier. J.K. Dobbins, the Baltimore rookie committee with um. Mark Ingram, and he's like, J.K. Dobbins is the better player. You see it. He looks more explosive, better, but he's not falling into the end zone as long as um, the veteran Mark Ingram's there. And DeAndre Swift, the Detroit backfield I just talked about, that's the other part of it. Like, those are just committees, and it's just, it's not good there. So, an injury to Derrick Henry or Devontae Freeman, friend might really be scrambling. Um, now, his starting receivers are DJ Moore and Tyler Boyd, but that's misleading. They should be Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin, who are two of the best receivers talent-wise in the league. But they both have just been hurt. You know, it sucks. Like, they just haven't been able to play. And that might honestly cost for end of season. I love the idea of him having Tyler Boyd as a third receiver. And T. Higgins is jumping into A.J. Green's role. It'll be a viable player going forward. Darren Waller is a top-five fantasy tight end. Good player. Um... And, you know, he's got Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton. He's got interchangeable quarterbacks, so you can play those baseball matchups. I like Friend's team, just he's got to get healthy. And uh, he's got to stay afloat until he gets healthy. Luckily, his division's so bad at 1-4. and four, He's still in the playoffs. Like, you know, he's tied with Sko for the playoff spot. Like, it's him. One of those four teams that th- – okay, the three of the four teams I just named in the bottom are in the playoff spot. They're tied for a playoff spot right now, which is crazy to think about. Frisco and Trev. Okay, now to the uh, big boys club where we get into some actual contenders. Next on my list, I have Cornbrath at six. He's two and three, tied with Allie. I just kind of like his team better. Josh Allen's a great fantasy quarterback. Um, He's got the best tight end in fantasy in Travis Kelsey. And, you know, if Josh Allen wasn't good enough, he's got Russell Wilson on, on his bench in fantasy. It's just, it's it's wild. I don't. I'm not a big James Conner and Ronald Jones guys. Like those aren't two guys I love, but they've been serviceable. Um, and Todd Gurley's honestly been better than expected. He's a, t- a top ten running back in fantasy right now. Todd Gurley is by far his best back, so he's kind of needs that RB two spot filled. For receivers, you know they should. He should be starting Devontae Adam and AJ Brown, but they've both been hurt. Um, but you know those are two. Very talented receivers. They haven't put up points this year yet. A.J. Brown just had a big week last week with 18 points. Um, but that's a good one-two punch. And then you have – he's got guys like Devontae Parker, um, 
and I, I'm not a Deontay Johnson guy, but um, he's got w- one of the few rare, I would say, wide receiver handcuffs in Marquez Valdez Scantling for Devontae Adams. I just uh, I like his team. I like uh, I like his starting lineup. Now he's an injury away. He's an injury. T- you know, the reason he's two and three is Devontae Adams and AJ Brown got hurt. You know, if Todd Gurley gets hurt, his running back situation becomes dire. He's starting Jeff Wilson Jr., who's the third running back in San Fran. He's starting James White, who is the third, you know, he's the pass, sometimes pass catching back for New England, or Dearness Johnson. Um, oh, okay. I, and I also like his running back situation better with Austin Eckler, who I forgot was on his roster, who's on the IR. Um, you know, Eckler's a very good running back. Um and we'll see. We'll see when he's going to come back. He's on the IR, so he's going to be out at least two more weeks after this one. Um, and we'll see what he comes back like. But you give me Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Travis Kelsey, um, and then whoever you want to throw in the flex. And you know he's got two great quarterback options. It's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good team. You can see why the divide happens about spot six. I think all these teams I'm about to name have like pretty talented guys, and those bottom four just kind of looking for something. But uh, well, I'll get into Corn's game this upcoming week in a second. Fifth place in my power rankings, which might surprise some people, but I just beat him. So, like, of course I'm going to jump him. For Tyler Stallman, who was previously undefeated. He went. He would have went from, you know, I would have probably had him in first place last week to down to down to full, fifth. Why? Um. Well... Tom Brady's good. Tom Brady's a top 10 quarterback. Dalvin Cook, while he, he luckily he didn't tear his MCL or anything, it, his prognosis came back okay. He does have the hand, hand, handcuff in Alexander Madison. Honestly, it'd be better for Stallman's team if they just said Dalvin Cook's out three weeks. He's going to the IR. That way Stallman knows to play Alexander Madison for the next three weeks. You don't want Dalvin Cook getting 10 touches and Madison getting nine and trying to figure out like who's going to be the one falling into the end zone. I don't love that. Also, his second running back spot is, like, uh, genuinely, Solomon has three running backs on his roster. This is why he's fifth. He has Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, who played the same team. And then Jarek McKinnon, who is taking it, you know, he was a top 15 running back. But he had 1.5 points last week because Raheem Mostar returns. Raheem Mostar, whatever you call him, came back into the uh, lineup. Literally doesn't have another running back that he can play. Unless he's going to play both. Minnesota running backs. That's why it's, you know, he's got, you know, Calvin Ridley is a top, he's a top three fantasy receiver right now, even though he had that zero week. Tyler Lockett, who only had six points last week, though, top 10 receiver in fantasy. Mike Evans, top seven receiver in fantasy. Um, Johnu Smith, who he, sh- you know, say what you will, I love Tyler Higby. Johnu Smith's a top three fantasy tight end right now. He's got Tyler Higby, another tight end who's top 10. He's got, He's got receivers. I'm going to read you these stats here. These are the ranks of his receivers. He's got the second best receiver in fantasy in DK Metcalf, the third best in Calvin Ridley, the eighth, the seventh best in Mike Evans, the eighth best in Tyler Lockett. Like, he's going to have to turn some of that into running back talent. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, he's going to be playing waiver wire roulette, trying to pick up somebody and start him that same week off the waiver wire, which, uh, None of us are very successful at. I see Solomon as the kind of guy that's going to bid high on um, who's the Jets running back Frank Gore this week. Um, just so, you know, so you can get ten touches from a running back. Other that's not Jarek McKinnon. 
ultimately, though, I think I think even without that second running back spot filled, he'll be okay. You know, he's not he's not going to go anywhere. Okay, that brings me to uh, my team, which is fourth. I don't know if you guys listen like listening to people talk about their own fantasy teams or other people's fantasy teams. But listen, my team's good. I got Patrick Mahomes, a number two quarterback. I got Chris Carson, a top five running back. I got um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a top 13 running back. Allen Robinson's a top 10 running back. Will Fuller's a top 20 receiver. I just I have depth and talent. I'm getting healthy. Um, my buys are going to line up successfully. I'm three and two. I've scored a bunch of points. Just don't worry about me. Uh, we're not going to talk about my team. I have myself at fourth in, and now we get into kind of a, you know, we got a, we got one surprise winning still, but I'm going to put uh, Garrett here at three, mainly because I like the two teams ahead of him better, and he's starting David Montgomery as his second running back, who honestly, he's a top 20 running back. He's getting all the touches in Chicago, but I'm going to put this out on probably Friday, maybe Thursday. Don't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell ends up in Chicago, which, you know, doesn't hurt Garrett because he has Le'Veon Bell, but that could get messy. He could be taking the way those David Montgomery touches. He hasn't con- David Montgomery is saying he's, he has not converted those opportunities to points. He hasn't scored a bunch of touchdowns or whatever. But, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but, uh, you know, he wasn't drafted like that. He's dr- drafted to be a top three, and he just hasn't performed up to expectations. He's averaging about um, – Close to 20 points, which isn't bad, but you just you wanted to see more. Raheem Mostert is finally healthy, which is good for Garrett. That gives him a lock him in. Number one running back, which he had been missing before. Um, I, I've talked about Montgomery already. I love I love the upside of his receivers. I don't know how much it will actually play out in Odell and McLaurin and Galladay and Robbie Anderson, who I, you got to start Robbie Anderson. There's just no reason not to. He's uh, I'll really rattle off his points here. 22, 13, 8, 13, 15. Worst case, you're going to get eight points from Robbie Anderson. And he only has one touchdown on the year. If any of those other, if he got one more touchdown, he'd be a top five fantasy receiver. Um, Jameson Crowder has been sneaky good for a bad Jets team. Debo Samuel is not healthy, and I don't trust San Francisco's offense. Philip Lindsay could be a good running back to have, considering that um, Melvin Gordon just got arrested for the DUI. And I love Miles Gaskins in Miami if they don't sign Le'Veon Bell. And he's got Saquon coming back. Garrett seems pretty stacked going forward. I, it's these top six teams are really good. You can you can see where the divide comes from in the to, the top six and the bottom four. But Garrett's my third team. My second team is a three and two team, which might surprise some people. But you know he only lost a point to Garrett. That's why, you know, maybe I should have given Garrett the bump. But the negative five points from the Chiefs defense, I, I'll consider that fluky. Um, it's 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 Aaron Cochran at number two. Um, his quarterback is his weakness, definitely. Um, you know, Ben and Gardner Minshew. I feel like here here little tip of advice. Ryan Tannehill has started now. Um, I think fifteen games for the Titans since he came in week seven last year. I think that's fifteen games. Over that fifteen game stretch, he's the third best quarter in fantasy quarterback in fantasy football. He's a free agent. There's no need to rely on. A name like Ben Roethlisberger or Garner. Go get Ryan Tannehill. Start him every week. You're good. He's got the best running back in fantasy football in Alvin Kamara, the best receiver in fantasy football in Adam Thielen, the, a top 10 tight end, uh, another top 20 receiver in uh, Cooper Cup. Kenyon Drake has been disappointing. Ultimately, like, you know, he's only got 
what does he have? He's got he gets 13, 10, 8, 3, 12. Um, but I mean he's getting 16 carries, 20 carries, 18 carries, 13 carries, 18 carries. It's just been um, you know, you get the carries, eventually the points will come alongside them. I love Jonathan Taylor, especially now that uh Mal- uh Mar- Marlon Mack is out for the season. Um, I think I think I think he ends up as a top ten running back. He's uh what is he right now? 14. 14th best running back, and that's considering he got you know like nine touches week one, uh, 13 touches week three. Like, really good. Matt Breida, cut him. You don't need him. Michael Gallup, now that um, Dak Prescott's hurt, cut him. You don't need him. Antonio Gibson looked great two weeks ago, only seven points last week, but I like his upside. Darius Slain should be a starting receiver. Let me, didn't he have, yeah, eight catches for 129 yards, no touchdowns on the year. He's a boomer bust player. He had 25 points week one. Five points, five points, six points, 17 points. What you can do with him, uh, find a good matchup, maybe play him. Like I said, you don't need two quarterbacks. Go get Tannehill. He's already had his bye. You got Tannehill, literally, you can start him the rest of the season. Um, I don't really like Christian Kirk, don't like his upside. And uh, Cochran, if there's one guy that should really be just scouring the waiver bar, picking up everybody that he can, it's Cochran. He got, he's got the players to drop, and he's got the starters to keep. Like, Cochran's got uh got some moves to make. Cochran's in a little bit of a situation though without um. Well, yeah, Cochran's got to find a starter this week because he's got a Alvin Kamara's on a buy. He'll move Jonathan Taylor into the running back spot, and then he's got a flex guy. Look at him to pick up somebody like uh Chenault or whoever off the waiver wire. This will run Thursday, but the waivers haven't gone through when I'm recording this. We'll see what he bids on guys like that. If not, that's uh that's on him. In first place in the power rankings, the Sunnyvale Shithawks. My boy Sean is, I think, the points leader. Let me check this real fast. He is um, absolutely the points leader in um, points for in fantasy. You know, Aaron Jones is a great running back. Top five. James Robinson is going to go down as the free agent pickup of the year. Off the waiver wire. This guy's got him... 10 points, 20 points, 28 points, 12 points, 7 points. It's trending the wrong way, but that's just because he hasn't found the end zone these last two weeks. He's getting the touches, too. Same way I just talked about Kenyon Drake. He's getting the touches. He's a top 10 running back now. He'll be a top 10 or top 12 running back at the end of the year. Receivers, you know, until Julio gets healthy and Keenan Allen stays healthy, they're a little iffy, but you plug those two guys in and Juju's your third receiver. Jerry Judy... It's been disappointing, but I like him as a rookie in some spot starts, especially late in the year when he gets a little more um, game under his belt. And what's uh, Drew Locke comes back from injury. Evan Ingram is, like I said, one of the most disappointing tight ends. That He's one of the most overdrafted tight ends. Kareem Hunt's going to be a superstar. He's a top 10 running back already, but now with Chubb limping, Kareem Hunt is a must start in this league. And then you just go, you go to, you know, he's got Josh Jackson on his bench. He's got... Listen to this. You want to talk about some running back depth? He's got running backs four, six, eight, um, seven. He's got four, six, seven, eight, four, six, seven, eight. Yeah, and at running back, it's insane. That that's four starting running backs. When best case he can play three. It's it's just he's loaded there, and he's also got Julio Jones and Keenan Allen and Emmanuel Sanders and Juju Smith-Schuster. Just loaded on talent. This is by far the best team in the league. Um, and it's going to be, you know, if he keeps this up, he could be 
you know, there's only been, what, four teams have won the title? Something like that? It, it, we've kept it in a little small group. I like Sean to win the title as of today. Now, it's a long season. And he's got to fix his quarterback issue and tight end issue. But once again, pick up Brian Tannehill. Start him. I'm telling you, that's free advice from me to you. And not just because I'm a Titans fan. Ryan Tannehill is a great elite fantasy football quarterback. Pick him up, start him. Okay, there's your power rankings. And here in a minute, I'm going to go into um, breaking down next week's matchups. I, once again, way too many cigarettes last night. I got to keep drinking water. I'll be right back, guys. Okay, guys, I'm back. Um, a lot of water in me. Sorry, me and Garrett uh, drank some whiskey, watched the Titans game, and uh, smoked a fuck ton of cigarettes. That's why my throat's on fire. So I'm going to have to take a couple water breaks uh, during the segment. So let's look real fast at ahead to this upcoming week's matchups. We have a couple goodies. Um, me and Garrett, you know, three and four in our power rankings play each other. We're not in the same division, but I'm only a game back. Garrett's tied for the lead in his division. This is an important game for at least me and for seeding. Because remember, the one seed is the only team that gets a bye in the playoffs this year because of our redone uh Playoff format. Uh, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, no offense, Garrett. I like Lamar against Philly, but uh, I really like Mahomes against Buffalo, especially after we just saw Tannehill light them up. Um, I have my best running back, uh, Chris Carson, on a bye. That hurts me. Garrett isn't hit by the byes yet. Um, and I'm trying to figure out my flex spot still. One probability is Garrett at 53%. I'll give it to him. I'm going to predict uh, Garrett to beat me in this one. Um, the next game I have on the list is a, I mean, just uh, not a very good game. I don't know what, what else to say. Sean versus Friend. Uh, Sean's 4-1. and one. Friend is 1-4. and four. Opposite divisions again. Um, you know, Friend's clinging to playoff spot basically because his division sucks dick. And uh, Michael Thomas is on a buy. The good news is after that buy, Michael Thomas should come back. I put a trade offer in for Michael Thomas earlier this week. Um, it looks like he's going to get rejected. We don't know about Chris Godwin's status yet, but uh, he's got, you know, friends got one of the best tight ends in football and Darren Waller on a buy. And I think Michael Badgley's on a buy too, even though it's not telling me whether he's or not. Um, and Sean's got nobody really on a buy, and everybody's healthy. And- uh, Josh Jacobs is on a buy, but once again, he's plugging in Kareem Hunt or Aaron Jones or James Robinson. Give me Sean, and it's not going to be particularly close, I don't think. Uh, the win probability for that is 62% for Sean. Garrett, yours and mine is 53% towards you. Um, another contest, which I don't think will be a contest, is Aaron Cochran versus Allie Walker. Aaron is 3-2. and two. Um, I think a game behind... Garrett for first place in his division, if I remember correctly. Ali's two and three in a game out behind me for the playoff spot. So I like that, um, especially considering she lost Dak Prescott for the season, it looks like. And um, Drew Brees is on her bench, but he's got a bye week this week. So he's going to have to get a quarterback off the waiver wire. Tannehill, I can just, I'll just sit here and scream Tannehill until somebody fucking listens to me. Um, she's got some tough matchups. Miles Sanders at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's got a de- good defense. They really do. Um, DeAndre Hopkins they should light up Dallas. I, I give Allie a chance here. I don't like Mark Ingram at Philly, but what you're gonna, she doesn't have any options really. Um, for Cochran, Cochran's got Kamara on a bye, but he's going to plug in Jonathan Taylor at running back there and 
you know, he can use Antonio Gibson, Darius Slayton, somebody as his flex and survive. When probability is 59% Cochran, give me Cochran in that matchup. I, I'll go back and listen to see how I did last week and uh, just send you guys a text and let you know, see how right I am at this kind of stuff. Um, a, f- a fun but like stupid matchup is um, we have Trevor Anderson playing Michael Cornbrath. Um, Michael's two and three, a game behind me for the playoffs. Trevor is one and four and somehow still in the playoff. Hunt, um, Corn's not really hurt by buys this week considering he has Josh Allen against Kansas City, which is I would pick that over Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson's going to buy. I don't like Ronald Jones versus Green Bay or James Conner versus Cleveland, but I love Todd Gurley at Minnesota, so like we'll see. We'll see Devontae Adams' health. I think he's 100% healthy, but that Tampa Bay defense is good. A.J. Brown against Houston should light them up. Fingers crossed for me as a Titans fan. Um, And then on Trevor's end, you know, just he's got to, you know, he loses Melvin Gordon, which is big. Hunter Henry's on a bye, I think, so you can't play Hunter Henry as tight. He's got to pick up a tight end off the waiver wire. He, he's, you know, he's starting Greg Ward right now, receiver. Not good, man. Not good. Um, Corn's got a 59% win probability, the same as um, Cochran does over Ali. So give me chalk there, too. I think I'm chalk across the board right now. Um, Actually, I think mine Garrett's is the only close game. Yeah, because his next one is Stallman versus Sko, who Stallman's 4-1, Sko's 1-4. Well, right now, Stallman, we don't know about Devlin Cook. We don't know about Mike Evans. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are on by. So you're going to have to get two players from your bench into your starting lineup. Ideally, it's um, it's Mike Evans and maybe... Oh. Okay. Yeah, Stallman's hurt by injuries and buys. That's why it's given Velasco a 73% chance win probability right now. Um, You know, give me... Give me Sko in this one. I'm with it. Give me Sko in this one. Solomon loses back-to-back games, falls to 4-2, and two, and hopefully gets himself right going forward. Who knows? Okay, that's my predictions for this week. I'll give you my bets real fast, and then we'll get Trevor in here to talk about um, an artist and band you probably don't care about. Okay, let's do uh, the betting segment real fast. Um, last week, I the fucking Chiefs, man. We were looking to make some money. The Chiefs fucked us in our parlay, so we ended up walking away with $20. Remember, I take $50, and uh, we'll see how much we come out. So I'm down $30 right now. Let's gonna, we're going to make it up. Three bets. Four bets, actually. I take that back. You can get the Rams um, minus three over the 49ers, which, I mean, I think the Rams should be favored by far more. What have we seen from the 49ers to make us think they're good? Bet 10 on that to win eight. Packers are one-point favorites over the Bucks. So, as, I mean, I think the Packers can win. They're undefeated. The Bucs are 2-2. Two and two. I love this Packers team as a Super Bowl team. $10 to win 9. And the Browns are three-point underdogs to the Steelers. I mean, I think my, my theory of betting for the underdog is if you think the underdog can win, you know, I, the three points is stupid. I'm just uh, going to – so those are my three bets. And then – so that's $30 right there. I'll repeat that. Rams – by more than three over the 49ers, to w- bet 10 to win eight. Packers to win, um, bet 10 to win nine. 
and Browns to win, bet 10 to win 14. Now, I did a little 14 parlay, and this has got to be free money, right? Ravens over the Eagles. I mean, Ravens are one of the best teams in football, um, and the Eagles aren't. <laughs> um, Colts over the Bengals, which, same thing. Pats over the Broncos, same thing. And then Chiefs over the Bills. I was really disappointed with the Bills against the Titans. I think the Chiefs are better than the Titans, so I think that's um, a good game. If you take all four of those teams, you just win. If you take the Ravens, Colts, Pats, Chiefs to win. Bet 20, you win 42, make all our money back. And that's that. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's late uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Trevor just texted me literally five minutes ago and said he can't make it tonight. We're going to do the podcast around 10 p.m. Eastern. Can't do it. We're going to try to get this recorded Thursday, and I'll try to get it out to you Thursday late or Friday morning. Um. Those odds and lines might have shifted. I'm sorry if they did. Um, and we will know more from the waiver transactions and pickups. This should be a busy week for that. Uh, but I'm not going to go back and record everything. So I'm sorry if everything I said was a little dated. You know, Le'Veon could be on a new team. Who knows? Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get Trevor in here to talk about Van Halen in our top five Van Halen songs. Welcome back. It's, uh, what is today? Thursday. All my other audio got recorded yesterday, and we have a special guest with us, Trevor Anderson. Hello. What's up? This is your podcast, man. Uh, you know, it, it is weird to hear my name on it, and <laughs> I was looking last week, and I noticed that a picture was added just recently to the oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic picture. That was, what, like, probably, like, five or six years ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get Cochran on, but I feel like he needed to be in here in, in our discussion somewhere, you know? That is true. You just got to bring him up every now and then, you know? Okay, so... What we're going to do every week is you're going to give me a subject, and we're just going to go at it for ever, however long. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, go ahead. And what was your subject? So, uh, this week, we're a little bit behind, obviously, but it is on the passing of the great Eddie Van Halen, or as I call him, the Edward Von Holland. Mm. So, you know, one of the most that's... significant guitar players, for sure. Oh, Absolutely. Um, I'll agree with that. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not a hair metal guy, really. I'm not a, uh, so most of my association with Van Halen is pop stuff. You told me you were talking about Van Halen. So I came up with three subjects for us to kind of hit on. Um, 
the top of my head. And if you got anything, you can throw them those on there also. Um, you suggested we do top five songs. We'll save that for the end. I have two things I want to talk to you about. Okay. First, did you do you remember um, Billie Eilish going on? I think it was Jimmy Kimmel and saying that she had no idea who Van Halen was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that because it was kind of like for me, I guess I was like. Oh, I forget that she's only like, she, what is she, like 17 anyways or 18? Yeah, she right? might she's be 19 su- now, but she's a teenager when this happened. Yeah, she was super, super young. So, like, I guess it was, I don't know. It just was odd to me that she just, like, didn't know who Van Halen was in general. Like, it's probably yeah. one of the most, like, iconic rock bands or just bands in general. Like, you could probably put them up. If you say, like, Metallica, then someone else in a room full of 10 people would say Van Halen. I would probably, I would say, just because of the popularity of them. But her not knowing was just, like, kind of weird. But at the same time, I had to kind of just take it with, like, well, she's 17. Like, that's not the style of music. And maybe her parents or something didn't listen to it. So, you know. Well, while we're on the subject, I have another question for you. Do you think somebody that is, you know, like, she's an upcoming superstar. I mean, she's already accomplished a ton. Yeah. Do you think somebody that is upcoming in the industry, like mu- music, I don't know if owes it is the right word. Does she owe something to the history of music? Uh, I, I would like to think if I was in her position, I would have studied every kind of music, every artist. I would know every like beat since the Beatles came onto the scene. Really, <laughs> of like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, and I guess maybe I she still has time to do that, though, right? Like. They asked her about one, one specific band, not knowing who they were. And then I'm sure after that, she was probably like, well, I probably should start checking out other groups or, you know, I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't care about those other groups and that's just not what she wants to do. Like, I know coming from the music that even I listen to, some of them like will be like, I have no idea who that band is. And they're like in the same genre. So, yeah. you know, I guess, but if you're going to be that iconic. I don't know. I guess you should probably know the bigger names at least. <laughs> I just feel like she would have heard jump somewhere at a stadium during oh. a football game or something and be like, oh, who's this? <laughs> Panama? Someone's got <laughs> yeah. to have heard that song. Like, if she ever wasn't, well, that's in Super Bad, right? When they're blowing, when they're like driving around in a circle, aren't they blaring Panama? <laughs> I can't remember, but that fits nicely into top, my, my top five when we there. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, there are those people that are kind of like pretentious with music, and I feel like Van Halen gets kind of a bad rep amongst those groups of like being, like pop rock or pop, you know, like Metallica, or let me think of a good one. Like okay, Metallica is an example. Like Metallica, like transcended the genre, and it was kind of like this is like real art. Yeah. Whereas people looked at Van Halen and I'm going to say like a journey and like bands like that and kind of was just like, they're just, uh, pop culture gets a bad rap with that sometimes. What what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, but it, in a way I understand what you're saying. And like, maybe from like after 1984, I could see that maybe happening because that's when it's transitioned from not Van Halen as it's still Van Halen, but everyone calls it Van Hagar. So like from 77 to 84 is probably the most iconic and without uh, Eddie Van Halen, there wouldn't be like an iconic guitar sound. Like thousands of, even myself would never even 
picked up a guitar or thought about something like tapping on a guitar uh, mm-hmm. without for him. So, and they've still produced like that jump and they were still massive, like selling out in Japan and stuff like that all the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you could contribute maybe not their songs entirely, like contributing to a whole genre or being the greatest of all time but one of the most iconic purely just musically you know lyrically yeah. it's it is what it is but <laughs> and i mean i think people that like look down on the van halen are just snobs anyway they're just yeah. dumb Better. they don't really <laughs> you, like you gotta just appreciate like... the art at the at some point like even it... even artists like i'm not a billy eilish fan but who am i to say because i'm in the minority of that i just don't it's not my thing but it's one of them it's going to be the most popular and iconic through history you know yeah it's like someone when someone comes at me with like like a bieber take about like how bieber's like not real like he's not genuinely <laughs> real he's like, like shut the fuck up bro yeah. like, come on. <laughs> like what are we doing it's dumb that is okay true. my next question for you is what did van halen mean to you uh van halen's probably my top five bands of all time even uh it's they're one of those groups though where i grew up with my dad and he had the original van halen van halen 2 diver down you name it all the cassettes and like that's all we listened to a lot of times was van halen like sitting in my basement in my house van halen working outside van halen's on so i constantly heard it and then on top of that, I probably wouldn't even thought about playing guitar if it wasn't for Eddie Van Halen. Like mm-hmm. just listening to something like Eruption or just the way he taps, like no one ever thought to do that. And you hear that sound and everybody knows that's Van Halen. Like, you know, that's Eddie Van Halen when he's tapping and just making absurd noises, elephant noises, <laughs> like the whammy bar. And then on top of that, when they got to that last 1984 album with the original lineup, they mm-hmm. he was a synth player. And you're like, all right, so this guy can literally play the piano. He plays guitar. He makes the albums. What can he do? And so, yeah, he's an artist. And so you have him just revolutionizing everything. And I just remember being so young and just listening to that and be like, yeah that's I, i'm gonna pick up the guitar like that's awesome that's what i want to do nice um for me what did van halen mean for me like i said i'm not like i wasn't i'm never like a die, i'm not a diehard was never a huge fan but there's something about like a van halen song that like transports me to like windows down in a jeep summer day maybe a little drinking in the vehicle just like uh and just like air guitaring with my homies you know what i mean and just like there's something to like a, i don't know it's it it's not celebration music it's like uh it's just reminds me of my youth yeah. reminds me of joy it's very joyous music usually um like he's got a song called hot for teacher which made my top five <laughs> like that's just a fun upbeat kind of vibe that he puts out there I, I, a big fan of that yeah i i agree with you on that like like you said like it's just even driving around, like you you can put on the original, the very first self-titled album and just start it from the beginning and just drive up and down and be good. Like I remember listening to it, like driving to, uh, to Roberts down in Hermosa. Like I, from, yeah. from, uh, from Oxnard to 
Hermosa and like just putting it on, riding the coast down and just, that's all I listen to. And it just fits like, it's like Southern California, just fun rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Southern California is a good one. I got a lot of vibes with us driving out to conference. I'll yeah. Just, like just back roads, <laughs> driving 55 into 35 windows down. I mean, volume at 90, that kind of atmosphere. Oh, yeah. All right. That's a good segue for me to get into our top five songs. I'm going to try to do this. Um, this is for the listeners. Andrew, Trevor, I don't think you know this. Whenever we mention a song, I'm going to try to like play a quick little brief clip of it so people know what song we're talking about. Yeah, it'll be cool, hopefully. We'll see how yeah. that goes. Yeah. But I'll go with my number five first because okay. I want to give you your number one last so you can close out the discussion. Okay. Mine's Hot for Teacher, the aforementioned Hot for Teacher. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of struggled with finding a number five. Not struggled. That's the wrong way to look at it. It was just a lot of blurring of the songs to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I put on the This Is Van Halen on Spotify mm-hmm. and just let it rip for like three hours yesterday or the day before yesterday. And it's really hard sometimes to tell like, when one song start, stops and the next one starts, other than that classic, traditional guitar riff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Hoffer Teacher. It's, uh, it's one of his more well-known songs. Um, I don't know. There's, it just, there's something about being um, a teenager, listening to rock. It, it, very nostalgic for me. What's your number uh, five? That's a really good one. That's, uh, like you said, though, like, it's just got that riff. It's just nice. Uh, so my number five is actually, it's called I'll Wait. It's on the 1984 album. It, okay. And it's more their like synthy songs. So it's like Jump, but it has more of a, um, it's more sense driven than it is guitar driven. And just like, I don't know, it has a poppier beat to it. And I just always really liked it. And then I feel like it's mm-hmm. probably one of the more, uh underrated songs like most people probably don't listen to it that often but i just remember pounding that song all the time like when i was younger just because of the sense <laughs> that was it i uh it was in contention for my number five actually i have it written down here in the um other ones all right sing it Re- others receiving votes and uh i you know when I like I said, I hear Van Halen, I think eighties. I think of like the synth wave movement, which is my favorite thing to ever come from the eighties besides mullets. Yeah, flat facts. Um, <laughs> feather 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 facts. hair. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Being able to wear makeup as a man. <laughs> um, okay. My number four is Can't Stop Loving You. Oh, wow. Um kind of a love ballad, kind of still a poppy happy upbeat song you'll notice that with all my uh songs on here can't stop loving you is probably what their third most favorite song or famous song most likely yeah uh what album is that from? that's from that's from like their balance yeah that's an old that's like van hagar for sure like 90 it says 95 is when that one was released okay um just a very catchy. Uh, I, I I mean, there's not much to say about. Um, like, this is my struggle with Van Halen. Like lyrically, there's almost just sink your teeth into. But if you're like a guitar guy, like a, a fan of like a guy just jamming, great artist musician for me. And like I said, like I like it. You love it. Yeah. 
Um, but can't stop loving you. Is my number four. I'm curious to see if any of my songs made your list. I'm sure at least one. Yeah, a couple definitely have. Yeah. Um, my number four is Jump. Actually, so okay. So I figured that's. I would probably argue that's probably their most iconic pop, like popularity wise, like. You go to a bar, you're gonna hear jump. Like, yeah, it's not one that I. Yeah, it it's not my absolute favorite, but it's. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not good or not in the top five because I've played it like a thousand times. And yeah, it's just something you're gonna hear all the time, and it never gets old. Honestly, like that beginning intro with this inside, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you, you always know what it is. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you make yeah. When you say the synth intro to yeah. jump, everybody yeah. knows what that is. Doesn't the University of Wisconsin play that song and then like do the jump no, thing in their they stadium? Do. That's actually the jump, like the jump, jump, jump. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I forget. See, I thought it was an old. Okay, I know what song that is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you'll see jump later on my list. My number three, three is running with oh. the devil. Purely because I've jammed out <laughs> to that song many times in Stern's car. <laughs> Ripped a lot of cigarettes in that song. <laughs> <laughs> windows down sitting in hand um going to get a beer at the age of like 15 or 16 <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nostalgia um just uh one of their catchier songs it, it kind of captures that um you know it's not as like poppy as jump is but it still has like a very catchy memorial 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 memorable gosh <laughs> Um, hook to it. You'll you'll remember, you know, the lyrics for the the song. Um, I'm a big fan of "Can't Run for the Running with the Devil." Yeah. But uh, yeah, my, my number three is "Hot for Teacher." So, nice, so nice. that is simply because the video is one of the best of all time. It's hilarious still to this day. Just them going to the on the school bus, getting in the classroom, and like just the teachers dancing and stuff, and it's just so funny to me. And I and it's on top of that like it has probably one of my favorite even to play like riffs which is just that then like the tapping on it's so cool and then you have the drum intro and the bass and Mm -hmm. it's just so much fun and like it's super upbeat like it it's a great great song and it's another one everybody knows and i think it was on pretty sure it was on rock band like whenever that was like 2000s and i think and like I just remember just listening to it. Like I could, half the time I don't. I was so horrible at that game, but it was just like <laughs> I just like <laughs> listening to the songs. <laughs> um. I, okay. This is a little off topic before I get to my number one and two, which I think will be. You'll you'll agree with my one and two. I'm not sure what you're you're gonna have it two. I think we'll both have the same at yeah. one. Um. How instrumental was Van Halen in music videos? Like them actually playing. Uh, I I was never an MTV kid growing up, so I don't really know the history and the lore of like. Well, I mean, like you, I know bands like White Snake had a big yeah. presence. I know you know, didn't know how much Van Halen uh, contributed. I mean, to that. I would say probably their early videos. Like you're not you're not really gonna see them ever, uh, or you're not okay. gonna pay much attention to them. But Hot for Teacher was probably the biggest and. It's basically like them just sitting there, and then Eddie Van Halen like plays his songs, like that's what he does, or like Michael Anthony playing the bass, and then Jump 
obviously like everybody's playing but the only thing you really remember from that video is uh david lee roth jumping up and down with a giant like samurai sword <laughs> like, like, like when i think of the video like i'm like oh yeah you mean the dude jumping around with a sword <laughs> like all right that's funny okay well I, i'll hop to my number two then and my number two is jump oh. um I, I, you, you said you said enough about it it's an iconic classic song um it will be one of those songs you'll hear like literally our great grandchildren will be listening to it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's the truth. It'll never fade from the subconscious. It'll always exist. It's omnipresent. It's a great it's honestly a great song though, I gotta say. A lot of these a lot of those songs that you'll hear, like I hear um um oh, let me think of a song. What's the what's some the journey song? I'm don't I can't, stop, I'm don't stop right believing. Don't, don't stop believing. Separate um, ways. <laughs> shout uh, like there's like dozens of these songs that will always be omnipresent and yeah. just one of them which uh, number two mine is actually running with the devil that's my number two <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> how similar well that's well, incredible the thing is is like it that's the very first song on their first uh album they're self-titled and it just comes in with that. Well, it has the original. It has that sinus like, and then it's and like I remember listening to that in my basement in Ohio, like because we had like my dad used to lift weights in their basement, and that song was like mm-hmm. every single day, like eight a.m. That song was on, and so like <laughs> I, I just like so many memories with it, and that riff is so awesome. And on top of that, like I. Every time we've had like an animal die, we play that song as morbid as that is. Oh really? <laughs> but, no, 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 no. That's that's so little but sweet, it's honestly. Funny, though, because it's like it's like, well, should we really be playing this song? It's like it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, listen, I, I'm sure we both have the same number one. You you can go uh, to say my, wait. Mine is ain't talking about love. All right. Well, let me go first. Uh, panel, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Which I. Incredibly, to make you top five, Panama's, you know, just a, just an unbelievable riff, unbelievable beat, unbelievable jam. I dare you not to sing along to it when you hear it. <laughs> what, what's your number one? How do you yeah, hear that? Well, to go back on yours, Panama, it, it's like my number six song. It it, uh-huh. it was really hard for me not to make it number five, but I've just like. I really, really do enjoy that song, and like everybody knows it. Like I said, I think it was in Super Bad. Like, yeah. it's just a fun song in general, and you can never go wrong. Like, <clears throat> as long as you have that song on, like it's it's gonna be fun. And as uh, Jonathan we used to say, I think he used to call it "animal" is what he used to think it was. Animal. Jonathan, that's not that's not the lyrics, <laughs> but. Oh, I've done that to so many songs. Though. I don't want to make fun oh, of them because I literally ninety yeah. percent of the lyrics oh, I ever I sing are wrong. lyrics all day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like like Leon so much. <laughs> um, but then my number one is actually "Ain't Talking About Love." And that is because oh, yeah. that was um, that was the very first song I learned on guitar. Like that was I learned okay. it on bass. I learned it on the sixth. And that was that was it. And it was a song that I also just like always loved it because it kind of has that slow part, kind of like Panama. You know, when he's like, 
and Panama is like the ease of the seat back and like and talking about love he has the exact same thing and so it was just something that drew to me and it has that iconic just heard it's like dun, 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 and then like you hear it at sporting yeah. events like all the time as well and for me yeah. it's i think it's this nostalgic thing just for it to be my number one and it's just a song that i always love and play and i just it's one of my favorites i jam out to air guitar headbang whatever <laughs> No, I mean, I, it's a good song. I just have, I mean, maybe I need, I'll, I'll go get back and give it a I, listen after this. I will honestly. say that all of my songs are from the Van, like the original lineup. Like once it hit the Van Hagar, mm-hmm. like I, I really dropped off from it just because I just couldn't really get behind it. And I tried mm-hmm. really, really hard, but it just wasn't my thing. And no, not taken back from like Sammy Hagar or anything like that. Cause he's an amazing vocalist and he's, super influential especially for the people that didn't like david lee rock so you know you have you have that with it and but uh one thing to kind of go back on that you were talking about is all the songs kind of like running together and Mm -hmm. you're definitely not wrong because i guess maybe i was just so biased towards them i never really listened to it and then i was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was like Every single song sounds the exact same. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're you're out of your mind. Like, there's no way. <laughs> what's once again, me and Margaret on the same brain, I was just brain like, line. I was listening to the Diver Down album. I was like, I gotta turn this off. I was like, I'm gonna ruin this myself. <laughs> what honorable, That's funny. What honorable right. did you have? Um, uh, ain't talking about mm-hmm. love. Um. I don't know if I liked the song Dreams or not. Okay. But I definitely felt that was a unique song for his dis- mm-hmm. discography. Um, Summer Nights wasn't bad. Also, same thing, kind of unique for his discography. And that's really um, that's really the ones we didn't talk the about. The one yet. that I'm surprised isn't on yours because you like that is Why Can't This Be Love? That one's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, my honorables was Jamie's Crying, Panama, okay. uh, DOA, which is Dead or Alive. Don't think I got or to no, That's not Dead or Alive. Um, oh, crap. Why does my brain just go in? That's not what it's called. Dead, dead on Arrival. No, it's um, <laughs> crap. Is it Dead or Alive? Yeah. Is it, no, alive? it is Dead I, or yeah. Alive. That's what it is. I'm pretty positive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what... but, uh, I'm trying to think of what well, DOA can say for because I always used to get it wrong, and now I've confused myself yeah. again. But listen, this is this is we're not here to. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're fine. <laughs> um, but uh, another one <clears throat> that I made my honorables was uh, um, "Feel Your Love Tonight," and it's like the "I Can't Wait to Feel Your Love." That's I can't wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Basically, yeah. that it was hard for me not to just pick that whole album and just be like, "Yeah, that's all of them." <laughs> that's good. Okay. Any uh, other thoughts you got here? Uh, no, I'm not anything on Van Halen. But one thing I would like to mention is I got my first win this week in fantasy. <laughs> so I'm coming to the. You're tied for a playoff I, spot, which is I'm remarkable. I'm coming into the playoff. I'm coming from, with a two with a two and twelve record and getting in. 
<laughs> Listen, if you ever want to hop on and discuss fantasy with anybody, I'm here for it. I do it. I do it every week. But I just like to point that out that I did get my first one, so everybody's in trouble. <laughs> well, I, thank you, I'm thank proud you. Of you. It was a hard fought with zero points from AJ Green yet again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think you and me are going to start doing a movie version yes. of this too, which will not like I'm going to tag this one to the back end of our mm-hmm. fantasy discussion. The movie one, yeah, we'll do yeah, that's yeah, sounds okay. good. We 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 should look at getting a third. I'd be I'd be in for that. I know yeah. you mentioned Katie Lilly. I'm up for anybody though. If anybody that's listening to this wants to hop one, Cochran, yeah, looking at you, literally buddy. anybody. Like we could do week, like every week, someone else can jump in. I'd be down with that. That'd be cool. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to cut it off for us now. Um, um, this is why I say goodbye, Trevor. Goodbye, say goodbye. everyone. I'll talk to you guys all next week. Was that the last 